This audio is presented by Hacker Noon, where anyone can learn anything about any technology. Vijaya Gad and Twitter, the indemnification agreement they have, by legal PDF. Tip Parag Agrawal Vijaya Gad and Ned Siegel versus Twitter court filing, retrieved on April 10, 2023 as part of Hacker Noon's legal PDF series. You can jump to any part in this filing here. This is part 17 of 37. Exhibit C, Director and Officer Indemnification Agreement. This indemnification agreement, the agreement, is made and entered into as of October 1, 2013, between Twitter, Inc., a Delaware corporation, the company, and Vijaya Gad, indemnity. Witnesseth it. Whereas, highly competent persons have become more reluctant to serve corporations as directors or in other capacities unless they are provided with adequate protection through insurance or adequate indemnification against inordinate risks of claims and actions against them arising out of their service to and activities on behalf of the corporation. Whereas, the board of directors of the company, the board, has determined that, in order to attract and retain qualified individuals, the company will attempt to maintain on an ongoing basis, at its sole expense, liability insurance to protect persons serving the company and its subsidiaries from certain liabilities. Although the furnishing of such insurance has been a customary and widespread practice among United States-based corporations and other business enterprises, the company believes that, given current market conditions and trends, such insurance may be available to it in the future only at higher premiums and with more exclusions. At the same time, directors, officers, and other persons in service to corporations or business enterprises are being increasingly subjected to expensive and time-consuming litigation relating to, among other things, matters that traditionally would have been brought only against the company or business enterprise itself. Indemnity may also be entitled to indemnification pursuanto the General Corporation Law of the State of Delaware, DGCL. The bylaws in the DGCL expressly provide that the indemnification provisions set forth therein are not exclusive, and thereby contemplate that contracts may be entered into between the company and members of the board of directors, officers and other persons with respect to indemnification, whereas, the uncertainties relating to such insurance and to indemnification have increased the difficulty of attracting and retaining such persons, whereas, the board has determined that the increased difficulty in attracting and retaining such persons is detrimental to the best interests of the company stockholders and that the company should act to assure such persons that there will be increased certainty of such protection in the future, whereas, it is reasonable, prudent and necessary for the company contractually to obligate itself to indemnify, and to advance expenses on behalf of, such persons to the fullest extent permitted by applicable law so that they will serve or continue to serve the company free from undue concern that they will not be so indemnified. Whereas, this agreement is a supplement to and in furtherance of the bylaws of the company and any resolutions adopted pursuant thereto, and shall not be deemed a substitute therefore, nor to diminish or abrogate any rights of indemnity thereunder. Whereas, indemnity does not regard the protection available under the company's bylaws and insurance as adequate in the present circumstances, and might not be willing to serve as an officer or director without adequate protection, and the company desires indemnity to serve in such capacity. Indemnity is willing to serve, continue to serve and to take on additional service for or on behalf of the company on the condition that he be so indemnified, and now, therefore, in consideration of indemnity's agreement to serve as an officer or director after the date hereof, the parties hereto agree as follows. 1. Indemnity of indemnity. The company hereby agrees to hold harmless and indemnify indemnity to the fullest extent permitted by law, as such may be mended from time to time. In furtherance of the foregoing indemnification, and without limiting the generality thereof sad face a proceedings other than proceedings by or in the right of the company. Indemnity shall be entitled to the rights of indemnification provided in this section, a 
if, by reason of his corporate status, as hereinafter defined, the indemnity is, or is threatened to be made, a party to or participant in any proceeding, as hereinafter defined, other than a proceeding by or in the right of the company. Pursuant to this section 1, a. Indemnity shall be indemnified against all expenses, as hereinafter defined, judgments, penalties, fines, and amounts paid in settlement, actually and reasonably incurred by him or on his behalf, in connection with such proceeding or any claim, issue or matter therein, if the indemnity acted in good faith and in a manner the indemnity reasonably believed to be in or not opposed to the best interests of the company, and with respect to any criminal proceeding, had no reasonable cause to believe the indemnity's conduct was unlawful. b. Proceedings by or in the right of the company. Indemnity shall be entitled to the rights of indemnification provided in this section 1. b. If, by reason of his corporate status, the indemnity is, or is threatened to be made, a party tor participant in any proceeding brought by or in the right of the company. Pursuant to this section 1, b. Indemnity shall be indemnified against all expenses actually and reasonably incurred by the indemnity or on the indemnity's behalf, in connection with such proceeding if the indemnity act ed in good faith and in a manner the indemnity reasonably believed to be in or not opposed to the best interests of the company, provided, however, if applicable law so provides, no indemnification against such expenses shall be made in respect of any claim, issue or matter in such proceeding as to which indemnity shall have been adjudged to be liable to the company unless and to the extent that the Court of Chancery of the State of Delaware shall determine that such indemnification may be made. C. Indemnification for expenses of a party who is wholly or partly successful. Notwithstanding any other provision of this agreement, to the extent that indemnity is, by reason of his corporate status, a party to and is successful, on the merits or otherwise, in any proceeding, he shall be indemnified to the maximum extent permitted by law, as such may be amended from time to time, against all expenses actually and reasonably incurred by him or on his behalf in connection therewith. If indemnity is not wholly successful in such proceeding but is successful, on the merits or otherwise, as to one or more but less than all claims, issues or matters in such proceeding, the company shall indemnify indemnity against all expenses actually and reasonably incurred by him or on his behalf in connection with each successfully resolved claim, issue or matter. For purposes of this section and without limitation, the termination of any claim, issue or matter in such a proceeding by dismissal, with or without prejudice, shall be deemed to be a successful result as to such claim, issue or matter. d. Partial indemnification. If indemnity is entitled under any provision of this agreement to indemnification by the company for some or a portion of expenses, but not, however, for the total amount thereof, the company shall nevertheless indemnify indemnity for the portion thereof to which indemnity is entitled. 2. Additional indemnity. In addition to, and without regard to any limitations on, the indemnification provided for in section 1 of this agreement, the company shall and hereby does indemnify and hold harmless indemnity against all expenses, judgments, penalties, fines and amounts paid in settlement actually and reasonably incurred by him or on his behalf if, by reason of his corporate status, he is, or is threatened to be made, a party to or participant in any proceeding, including a proceeding by or in the right of the company, including, without limitation, all liability arising out of the negligence or active or passive wrongdoing of indemnity. The only limitation that shall exist upon the company's obligations pursuant to this agreement shall be that the company shall not be obligated to make any payment to indemnity that is finally determined, under the procedures, and subject to the presumptions, set forth in sections 6 and 7 hereof, to be unlawful. 
3. Contribution. If the indemnification provided for in this agreement is unavailable to indemnity for any reason whatsoever in connection with a proceeding in which indemnity is or was a party by reason of his corporate status and in which the company is jointly liable with indemnity, or would beef joined in such proceeding, then to the fullest extent permissible under applicable law and public policy, the company, in lieu of indemnifying indemnity, shall contribute to the amount incurred by indemnity, whether for judgments, fines, penalties, excise taxes, amounts paid or to be paid in settlement and or for expenses, in such proportion as is deemed fair and reasonable in light of all of the circumstances of such proceeding in order to reflect i. the relative benefits received by the company and indemnity as a result of the events and or transactions giving cause to such proceeding, and or e. the relative fault of the company and its directors, officers, employees and agents, and indemnity in connection with such events and or transactions. 4. Indemnification for expenses of a witness notwithstanding any other provision of this agreement, to the extent that indemnity is, by reason of his corporate status, a witness in any proceeding to which indemnity is not a party, he shall be indemnified against all expenses actually and reasonably incurred by him or in his behalf in connection therewith. 5. Advancement of expenses. Notwithstanding any other provision of this agreement, the company shall advance all expenses incurred by or on behalf of indemnity in connection with any proceeding by reason of indemnity's corporate status within 30, 30, days after the receipt by the company of a statement or statements from indemnity requesting such advance or advances from time to time prior to final disposition of such proceeding. Such statement or statements shall reasonably evidence the expenses incurred by indemnity and shall include or be preceded or accompanied by an undertaking bureau on behalf of indemnity to repay any expenses advanced if it shall ultimate live determine that indemnity is not entitled to be indemnified against such expenses. If, when and to the extent that it is so determined that indemnity would not be permitted to be so indemnified under applicable law, the company shall be entitled to be reimbursed by indemnity, who hereby agrees to reimburse the company, for all such amounts there to forepaid. Any advances and undertakings to repay pursuant to this section 5 shall be unsecured and interest-free. 6. Procedures and presumptions for determination of entitlement to indemnification. It is the intent of this agreement to secure for indemnity rights of indemnity that are as favorable as may be permitted under the Delaware General Corporation law and public policy of the state of Delaware. Accordingly, The parties agree that the following procedures and presumptions shall apply in the event of any question as to whether indemnity is entitled to indemnification under this agreement sad face a. To obtain indemnification under this agreement, indemnity shall submit to the company a written request, including therein or there with such documentation and information as is reasonably available to indemnity and is reasonably necessary to determine whether and to what extent indemnity is entitled to indemnification. The secretary of the company shall promptly upon receipt of such a request for indemnification, advise the board of directors in writing that indemnity has requested indemnification. b. Upon written request by indemnity for indemnification pursuant to the first sentence of section 6, a. Hereof, a determination, if required by applicable law, with respect to indemnity's entitlement thereto shall be made in the specific case by one of the following four methods, which shall be at the election of the board if there has not been a change of control, and which shall be at the election of the indemnity if there has been a change of control. 1. By a majority vote of the disinterested directors, even though less than a quorum. 2. By a committee of disinterested directors designated by a majority vote of the disinterested directors, even though less than a quorum. 3. If there are no disinterested directors or if the disinterested directors so direct, by independent counsel in a written opinion to the board of directors, a copy of which shall be delivered to the indemnity. Or, 4 if so directed by the board of directors, by the stockholders of the company. c. 
if the determination of entitlement to indemnification is to be made by independent counsel pursuant to section 6, b. Hereof, the independent counsel's hall be selected as provided in this section 6, c. The independent counsel's hall be selected by the board of directors if there has not been a change of control. The independent counsel shall be selected by the indemnity if there has been a change of control. In either case, the non-selecting party may, within 10 days after such written notice of selection shall have been given, deliver to the company or indemnity, as the case may be, a written objection to such selection, provided, however, that such objection may be asserted only on the ground that the independent counsel so selected does not meet the requirements of independent counsel as defined in section 13 of this agreement, and the objection shall set forth with particularity the factual basis of such assertion. Absent a proper and timely objection, the person so selected shall act as independent counsel. If a written objection is made and substantiated, the independent counsel selected may not serve as independent counsel unless and until such objection is withdrawn or a court has determined that such objection is without merit. If, within 20 days after submission by indemnity of a written request for indemnification pursuant to section 6, a. Hereof, no independent counsel shall have been selected and not objected to, either the company or indemnity may petition the Court of Chancery of the State of Delaware or other court of competent jurisdiction for resolution of any objection which shall have been made by the indemnity to the company's selection of independent counsel and, or for the appointment as independent counsel of a person selected by the court or be such other person as the court shall designate, and the person with respect to whom all objections are so resolved or the person so appointed shall act as independent counsel under section 6, b, hereof. The company shall pay any and all reasonable fees and expenses of independent counsel incurred by such independent counsel in connection with acting pursuanto section 6, b. Hereof, and the company shall pay all reasonable fees and expenses incident to the procedures of this section 6, c. Regardless of the manner in which such independent counsel was selected or appointed. d. In making a determination with respect to entitlement to indemnification here under. The person or persons or entity making such determination shall presume that indemnity is entitled to indemnification under this agreement. Anyone seeking to overcome this presumption shall have the burden of proof and the burden of persuasion. Neither the failure of the company, including by its directors or independent legal counsel, to have made a determination prior to the commencement of any action pursuant to this agreement that indemnification is proper in the circumstances because indemnity has met the applicable standard of conduct, nor an actual determination by the company, including by its directors or independent legal counsel, that indemnity has not met such applicable standard of conduct, shall be a defense to the action or create a presumption that indemnity has not met the applicable standard of conduct. e. Indemnity shall be deemed to have acted in good faith if indemnity's action is based on the records or books of account of the enterprise, including financial statements, or on information supplied to indemnity by the officers of the enterprise, as hereinafter defined, in the course of their duties, or on the advice of legal counsel for the enterprise or on information or records given or reports made to the enterprise by an independent certified public accountant or by an appraiser or other expert selected with reasonable care by the enterprise. In addition, the knowledge and or actions, or failure to act, of any director, officer, agent or employee of the enterprise shall not be imputed to indemnity for purposes of determining the right to indemnification under this agreement. Whether or not the foregoing provisions of this section 6, e, are satisfied, each will in any event be presumed that indemnity has at all times acted in good faith and in a manner he reasonably believed to be in or not opposed to the best interests of the company. Anyone seeking to overcome this presumption shall have the burden of proof and the burden of persuasion. f. 
if the person, persons or entity empowered are selected under section 6 to determine whether indemnity is entitled to indemnification shall not have Medea determination within 60, 60 days after receipt by the company of the request therefore, the requisite determination of entitlement to indemnifications hall be deemed to have been made and indemnity shall be entitled to such indemnification absent, i. a misstatement by indemnity of a material fact, or on omission of a material fact necessary to make indemnity's statement not materially misleading, in connection with the request for indemnification, or, e. a prohibition of such indemnification under applicable law, provided, however, that such 60-day period may be extended for a reasonable time, not to exceed an additional 30, 30, days, if the person, persons or entity making such determination with respect to entitlement to indemnification in good faith requires such additional time to obtain or evaluate documentation and, or information relating thereto, and provided, further, that the foregoing provisions of this section 6, g, shall not apply if the determination of entitlement to indemnification is to be made by the stockholders pursuant to section 6, b, of this agreement and if, a, within 15, 15, days after receipt be the company of the request for such determination, the board of directors or disinterested directors, if appropriate, resolve to submit such determination to the stockholders for their consideration at an annual meeting thereof to be held within 75, 75, days after such receipt and such determination is made thereat, or, b, a special meeting of stockholders is called within 15, 15, days after such receipt for the purpose of making such determination, such meeting is held for such purpose within 60, 60, days after having been so called and such determination is made thereat. g. Indemnity shall cooperate with the person, persons or entity making such determination with respect to indemnity's entitlement to indemnification, including providing to such person, persons or entity upon reasonable advance request any documentation or information which is not privileged or otherwise protected from disclosure and which is reasonably available to indemnity and reasonably necessary to such determination. Any independent counsel, member of the board of directors or stockholder of the company shall act reasonably and in good faith in making a determination regarding the indemnity's entitlement to indemnification under this agreement. Any costs or expenses, including attorney's fees and disbursements, incurred by indemnity in so cooperating with the person, persons or entity making such determination shall be borne by the company, irrespective of the determination as to indemnity's entitlement to indemnification and the company hereby indemnifies and agrees to hold indemnity harmless therefrom. h. The termination of any proceeding or of any claim, issue or matter therein, by judgment, order, settlement or conviction, or upon a plea of nolo contendere or its equivalent, shall not, except as otherwise expressly provided in this agreement, of itself adversely affect the right of indemnity to indemnification or create a presumption that indemnity did not act in good faith and in a manner which he reasonably believed to be in or not opposed to the best interests of the company or, with respect to any criminal proceeding, that indemnity had reasonable cause to believe that this conduct was unlawful. 7. Company's right to defend. In the event the company may be obligated to make any indemnity in connection with a proceeding, the company shall be entitled to assume the defense of such proceeding with counsel approved by indemnity, which approval shall not be unreasonably withheld, upon the delivery to indemnity of written notice of its election to do so. After delivery of such notice, approval of such counsel by indemnity and the retention of such counsel by the company, the company will not be liable to indemnity for any fees or expenses of counsel subsequently incurred by indemnity with respect to the same proceeding. Notwithstanding the company's assumption of the defense of any such proceeding, the company shall be obligated to pay the inexpenses of indemnity's counsel to the extent, i. the employment of counsel by indemnity is authorized by the company, e. 
counsel for the company or indemnity shall have reasonably concluded that there is a conflict of interest between the company and indemnity in the conduct of any such defense such that indemnity needs to be separately represented, e. the company is not financially or legally able to perform its indemnification obligations or, i.v., the company shall not have retained, or shall not continue to retain, such counsel to defend such proceeding. The company shall have the right to conduct such defense as it sees fit in its delay discretion. Regardless of any provision in this agreement, indemnity shall have the right to employ counsel in any proceeding at indemnity's personal expense. The company shall not be entitled, without the consent of indemnity, to assume the defense of any claim brought by or in the right of the company. A. Indemnity shall give the company such information and cooperation in connection with the proceeding as may be reasonably appropriate. B. The company shall not be liable to indemnify indemnity for any settlement of any proceeding, or any part thereof, without the company's prior written consent which shall not be unreasonably withheld. c. The company shall have the right to settle any proceeding, or any part thereof, without the consent of indemnity, provided, however, that the company shall not settle any action or claim in a manner that would impose any penalty or admission of guilt or liability on indemnity without indemnity's written consent, which consent indemnity will not unreasonably withhold. 8. Remedies of indemnity. a. In the event that, i. a determination is made pursuant to section 6 of this agreement that indemnity is not entitled to indemnification under this agreement, e. advancement of expenses is not timely made pursuant to section 5 of this agreement, e. no determination of entitlement to indemnification is timely made pursuant to section 6, b. of this agreement, or, i.v., payment of indemnification is not made within 10, 10, days after a determination has been made that indemnity is entitled to indemnification or such determination is deemed to have been made pursuant to section 6 of this agreement, indemnity shall be entitled to an adjudication in an appropriate court of the state of Delaware of indemnity's entitlement to such indemnification. The company shall not oppose indemnity's right to seek any such adjudication. b. In the event that a determination shall have been made pursuant to section 6, b. of this agreement that indemnity is not entitled to indemnification, any judicial proceeding commenced pursuant to this section 8 shall be conducted in all respects as a de novo trial on the merits, and indemnity shall not be prejudiced by reason of the adverse determination under section 6, b, i. If a determination shall have been made pursuant to section 6, b, of this agreement that indemnity is entitled to indemnification, the company shall be bound by such determination in any judicial proceeding commenced pursuant to this section 8, absent, i, a misstatement by indemnity of a material fact, or an omission of a material fact necessary to make indemnity's misstatement not materially misleading in connection with the application for indemnification, or, e, a prohibition of such indemnification under applicable law. d. The company shall be precluded from asserting in any judicial proceeding commenced pursuant to this section 8 that the procedures and presumptions of this agreement are not valid, binding and enforceable and shall stipulate in any such court that the company is bound by all the provisions of this agreement. The company shall indemnify indemnity against any and all expenses and, if requested by indemnity, shall, within 10, 10 days after receipt by the company of a written request therefore, advance, to the extent not prohibited by law, such expenses to indemnity, which are incurred by indemnity in connection with any action brought by indemnity for indemnification or advance of expenses from the company under this agreement or under any director's and officer's liability insurance policies maintained by the company, regardless of whether indemnity ultimately is determined to be entitled to such indemnification, advancement of expenses or insurance recovery, as the case may be, unless, aspert of such judicial proceeding, the court determines that each of the material assertions made by indemnity was either frivolous or not made in good faith. e. Notwithstanding anything in this agreement to the contrary, 
No determination as to entitlement to indemnification under this agreement shall be required to be made prior to the final disposition of the proceeding. 9. Non-exclusivity. Survival of rights. Insurance. Subrogation. A. The rights of indemnification as provided by this agreement shall not be deemed exclusive of any other rights to which indemnity may at any time be entitled under applicable law. The certificate of incorporation of the company, the bylaws, any agreement, a vote of stockholders, a resolution of directors or otherwise. No amendment, alteration or repeal of this agreement or of any provision hereof shall limit or restrict any right of indemnity under this agreement in respect of any action taken or omitted by such indemnity in his corporate status prior to such amendment, alteration or repeal. To the extent that a change in the Delaware General Corporation law, whether by statute or judicial decision, permits greater indemnification than would be for did currently under the bylaws and this agreement, it is the intent of the parties hereto that indemnity shall enjoy by this agreement the greater benefits so afforded by such change. No right or remedy herein conferred is intended to be exclusive of any other right or remedy, and every other right and remedy shall be cumulative and in addition to every other right and remedy given hereunder or now or here after existing at law or in equity or otherwise. The assertion or employment of any right or remedy hereunder, or otherwise, shall not prevent the concurrent assertion or employment of any other right or remedy. B. To the extent that the company maintains an insurance policy or policies providing liability insurance for directors, officers, employees, or agents or fiduciaries of the company or of any other corporation, partnership, joint venture, trust, employee benefit plan or other enterprise that such person serves at the request of the company, indemnity shall be covered by such policy or policies in accordance with its or their terms to the maximum extent of the coverage available for any director, officer, employee, agent or fiduciary under such policy or policies. If, at the time of the receipt of a notice of a claim pursuant to the term share of, the company has director and officer liability insurance in effect, the company shall give prompt notice of the commencement of such proceeding to the insurers in accordance with the procedures set forth in the respective policies. The company shall thereafter take all necessary or desirable action to cause such insurers to pay, on behalf of the indemnity, all amounts payable as a result of such proceeding in accordance with the terms of such policies. C. In the event of any payment under this agreement, the company shall be subrogated to the extent of such payment to all of the rights of recovery of indemnity, who shall execute all papers required and take all action necessary to secure such rights, including execution of such documents as are necessary to enable the company to bring suit to enforce such rights. D. The company shall not be liable under this agreement to make any payment of amounts otherwise indemnifiable here under if and to the extent that indemnity has otherwise actually received such payment under any insurance policy, contract, agreement or otherwise. e. The company's obligation to indemnify or advance expenses here under to indemnity who is or was serving at the request of the company as a director, officer, employee or agent of any other corporation, partnership, joint venture, trust, employee benefit plan or other enterprise shall be reduced by any amount indemnity has actually received as indemnification or advancement of expenses from such other corporation, partnership, joint venture, trust, employee benefit plan or other enterprise. 10. Exception to right of indemnification. Notwithstanding any provision in this agreement, the company shall not be obligated under this agreement to make any indemnity sad face, a for which payment has actually been made to or on behalf of indemnity under any insurance policy or other indemnity provision, except with respect to any excess beyond the amount paid under any insurance policy or other indemnity provision, or b. for an accounting of profits made from the purchase and sale, or sale and purchase, by indemnity of securities of the company within the meaning of section 16, b. of the Securities Exchange Act of 1934, as amended, 
or similar provisions of state statutory law or common law, or c. for any reimbursement of the company by the indemnity of any bonus or other incentive-based or equity-based compensation or of any profits realized by the indemnity from the sale of securities of the company, as required in each case under the Exchange Act, including any such reimbursements that arise from an accounting restatement of the company pursuant to Section 304 of the Sarbanes-Oxley Act of 2002, the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, or the payment to the company of profits arising from the purchase and sale by indemnity of securities in violation of Section 306 of the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, or, d, in connection with any proceeding, or any part of any proceeding, initiated by indemnity, including any proceeding, or any part of any proceeding, initiated by indemnity against the company or its directors, officers, employees or other indemnities, unless, i, the board of directors of the company authorized the proceeding, or any part of any proceeding, prior to its initiation, or, e, such proceeding is one brought pursuant to section 7 above to enforce or interpret indemnity's rights under this agreement or under any director's and officer's liability insurance policies maintained by the company. 11. Duration of agreement. All agreements and obligations of the company contained herein shall continue during the period indemnity as an officer or director of the company, or as are was serving at the request of the company as a director, officer, employee or agent of another corporation, partnership, joint venture, trust or other enterprise, and shall continue thereafter so long as indemnity shall be subject to any proceeding, or any proceeding commenced under section 7 hereof, by reason of his corporate status, whether or not he is acting or serving in any such capacity at the time any liability or expense is incurred for which indemnification can be provided under this agreement. This agreement shall be binding upon and inured to the benefit of and being forcible by the parties hereto and their respective successors, including any director and direct successor by purchase, merger, consolidation, sale of all or substantially all of the business or assets of the company, or otherwise, assigns, spouses, heirs, executors and personal and legal representatives. 12. Security to the extent requested by indemnity and approved by the board of directors of the company, the company may at any time and from time to time provide security to indemnity for the company's obligations hereunder through an irrevocable bank line of credit, funded trust or other collateral. Any such security, once provided to indemnity, may not be revoked or released without the prior written consent of the indemnity. 13. Enforcement. A. The company expressly confirms and agrees that it has entered into this agreement and assumes the obligations imposed on it hereby in order to induce indemnity to serve as an officer or director of the company, and the company acknowledges that indemnity is relying upon this agreement in serving as an officer or director of the company. B. This agreement constitutes the entire agreement between the parties here to with respect to the subject matter here of and supersedes all prior agreements and understandings, oral, written and implied, between the parties here to with respect to the subject matter hereof. 14. Definitions. For purposes of this agreement sad face a. A change of control shall be deemed to occur upon the earliest to occur after the date of this agreement of any of the following events sad face i. Acquisition of stock by third party. Any person, as defined below, as or becomes the beneficial owner, as defined below, directly or indirectly, of securities of the company representing 15%, 15%, or more of the combined voting power of the company's then outstanding securities, e. change in board composition. During any period of two consecutive years, not including any period prior to the execution of this agreement, individuals who at the beginning of such period constitute the company's board of directors, and any new directors, other than a director designated by a person who has entered into an agreement with the company to effect a transaction described in this section 14, 
whose election by the board of directors or nomination for election by the company's stockholders was approved by a vote of at least two-thirds of the directors then still in office who either were directors at the beginning of the period or whose election or nomination for election was previously so approved, cease for any reason to constitute at least a majority of the members of the company's board of directors, e. corporate transactions. The effective date of a merger or consolidation of the company with any other entity, other than a merger or consolidation which would result in the voting securities of the company outstanding immediately prior to such merger or consolidation continuing to represent, either by remaining outstanding or by being converted into voting securities of the surviving entity, more than 50% of the combined voting power of the voting securities of the surviving entity outstanding immediately after such merger or consolidation and with the power to elect at least a majority of the board of directors or other governing body of such surviving entity, i.v., liquidation. The approval by the stockholders of the company of a complete liquidation of the company or an agreement for the sale or disposition by the company of all or substantially all of the company's assets, and, v. other events. Any other event of a nature that would be required to be reported in response to item 6, e. of Schedule 14A of Regulation 14A, or in response to any similar item on any similar schedule or form, promulgated under the Securities Exchange Act of 1934, as amended, whether or not the company is then subject to such reporting requirement. For purposes of this section 14, a. The following terms shall have the following meanings sad face a. Person. Shall have the meaning as set forth in sections 13, d and 14, d, of the Securities Exchange Act of 1934, as amended, provided, however, that persons hall exclude the company, e, any trustee or other fiduciary holding securities under an employee benefit plan of the company, and, e, any corporation owned, directly or indirectly, by the stockholders of the company in substantially the same proportions as their ownership of stock of the company. b. Beneficial owner shall have the meaning given to such term in Rule 13d3 under the Securities Exchange Act of 1934, as amended, provided, however, that beneficial owner shall exclude any person otherwise becoming a beneficial owner by reason of, i, the stockholders of the company approving a merger of the company with another entity or, e, the company's board of directors approving a sale of securities by the company to such person. b. Corporate status describes the status of a person who is or was a director, officer, employee, agent or fiduciary of the company or of any other corporation, partnership, joint venture, trust, employee benefit plan or other enterprise that such person is or was serving at the express written request of the company. c. Disinterested director, means a director of the company who is not and was not a party to the proceeding in respect of which indemnification is sought by indemnity. d. Enterprise shall mean the company and any other corporation, partnership, joint venture, trust, employee benefit plan or other enterprise that indemnitaeus or was serving at the express written request of the company as a director, officer, employee, agent or fiduciary. e. Expenses shall include all reasonable attorney's fees, retainers, court costs, transcript costs, fees of experts, witness fees, travel expenses, duplicating costs, printing and binding costs, telephone charges, postage, delivery service fees and all other disbursements or expenses of the types customarily incurred in connection with prosecuting, defending, preparing to prosecute or defend, investigating, participating, or being or preparing to be a witness in a proceeding. Expenses also shall include expenses incurred in connection with any appeal resulting from any proceeding, including without limitation the premium, security for, and other costs relating to any cost bond, supersedious bond, or other appeal bond or its equivalent. Expenses, however, shall not include amounts paid in settlement by indemnity or the amount of judgments or fines against indemnity. F. Independent counsel, means a law firm, or a member of a law firm, 
that is experienced in matters of corporation law and neither presently is, nor in the past five years has been, retained to represent I, the company or indemnity in any matter material to either such party, other than with respect to matters concerning indemnity under this agreement, or of other indemnities under similar indemnification agreements, or e, any other party to the proceeding giving rise to a claim for indemnification hereunder. Notwithstanding the foregoing, the term independent counsel shall not include any person who, under the applicable standards of professional conduct then prevailing, would have a conflict of interest in representing either the companion indemnity in an action to determine indemnity's rights under this agreement. The company agrees to pay the reasonable fees of the independent counsel referred to above and to fully indemnify such counsel against any and all expenses, claims, liabilities and damages arising out of or relating to this agreement or its engagement pursuant hereto. G. Proceeding, includes any threatened, pending or completed action, suit, arbitration, alternate dispute resolution mechanism, investigation, inquiry, administrative hearing or any other actual, threatened or completed proceeding, whether brought by or in the right of the company or otherwise and whether civil, criminal, administrative or investigative, in which indemnity was, is or will be involved as a party or otherwise, by reason of the fact that indemnitaeus or was an officer or director of the company, by reason of any action taken by him or of any inaction on his part while acting as an officer or director of the company, or by reason of the fact that he is or was serving at the expresswritten request of the company as a director, officer, employee, agent or fiduciary of another corporation, partnership, joint venture, trust or other enterprise, in each case whether or not he is acting or serving in any such capacity at the time any liability or expense is incurred for which indemnification can be provided under this agreement, including one pending owner before the date of this agreement. 15. Severability. The invalidity of unenforceability of any provision hereof shall in no way affect the validity or enforceability of any other provision. Without limiting the generality of the foregoing, this agreement is intended to confer upon indemnity indemnification rights to the fullest extent permitted by applicable laws. In the event any provision hereof conflicts with any applicable law, such provision shall be deemed modified, consistent with the aforementioned intent, to the extent necessary to resolve such conflict. 16. Modification and waiver. No supplement, modification, termination or amendment of this agreement shall be binding unless executed in writing by both of the parties hereto. No waiver of any of the provisions of this agreement shall be deemed or shall constitute a waiver of any other provisions hereof, whether or not similar, nor shall such waiver constitute a continuing waiver. 17. Notice by indemnity. Indemnity agrees promptly to notify the company in writing upon being served with or otherwise receiving any summons, citation, subpoena, complaint, indictment, information or other document relating to any proceeding or matter which may be subject to indemnification covered hereunder. The failure to so notify the company shall not relieve the company of any obligation which it may have to indemnity under this agreement or otherwise unless and only to the extent that such failure or delay materially prejudices the company. 18. Notices. All notices and other communications given or made pursuant to this agreement shall be in writing and shall be deemed effectively given a. upon personal delivery to the party to be notified b. when sent by confirmed electronic mail or facsimile if sent during normal business hours of the recipient and if not so confirmed, then on the next business day c. 5. 5. days after having been sent by registered or certified mail return receipt requested postage prepaid or d. 1. 1 day after deposit with a nationally recognized overnight courier, specifying next day delivery, with written verification of receipt. All communications shall be sent, hereto, a, to indemnity at the address set forth below indemnity signature, b, to the company at, 
1355 Market Street, Suite 900 San Francisco, California, 94103 Attention, Richard Costello with a copy, not constituting notice to, Wilson Sonsini Goodrich in Rosati PC Attention, Catherine Martin, Esk, 650-page Mill Road Palo Alto, California, 94304 or to such other address as may have been furnished to indemnity by the companion to the company by indemnity, as the case may be. 19. Counterparts. This agreement may be executed in two or more counterparts, each of which shall be deemed an original, but all of which together shall constitute one and the same agreement. This agreement may also be executed and delivered by facsimile signature and in two or more counterparts, each of which shall be deemed an original, but all of which together shall constitute one and the same instrument. 20. Headings. The headings of the paragraphs of this agreement are inserted for convenience only and shall not be deemed to constitute part of this agreement or to affect the construction thereof. 21. Governing law and consent to jurisdiction. This agreement and the legal relations among the parties shall be governed by, and construed and enforced in accordance with, the laws of the state of Delaware, without regard to its conflict of laws rules. The company and indemnity hereby irrevocably and unconditionally, I, agree that any action or proceeding arising out of or in connection with this agreement shall be brought only in the Chancery Court of the State of Delaware, the Delaware Court, and not in any other state or federal court in the United States of America or any court in any other country, e, consent to submit to the exclusive jurisdiction of the Delaware Court for purposes of any action or proceeding arising out of or in connection with this agreement, e, appoint, to the extent such party is not otherwise subject to service of process in the state of Delaware, irrevocably incorporating services, limited. 3500 South DuPont Highway, Dover, Delaware, 19901 as its agent in the state of Delaware as such party's agent for acceptance of legal process in connection with any such action or proceeding against such party with the same legal force and validity as if served upon such party personally within the state of Delaware, IV, waive any objection to the laying of venue of any such action or proceeding in the Delaware court, and, v, waive, and agree not to plead or make any claim that any such action or proceeding brought in the Delaware court has been brought in an improper or inconvenient forum. Signature page to FOLLOWIN witness whereof, the parties hereto have executed this agreement on and as of the day and year first above written. Tip continue reading here. Info about Hacker Noon Legal PDF Series. We bring you the most important technical and insightful public domain court case filings. This court case 2023-0409 retrieved on October 4, 2023, from INT. NYT.com is part of the public domain. The court-created documents or works of the federal government, and under copyright law, are automatically placed in the public domain and may be shared without legal restriction. Thank you for listening to this Hackernoon story, read by Artificial Intelligence. Visit hackernoon.com to read, write, learn and publish.